This is a Suno India production and you are listening to Beyond Chagra. Thank you all for joining us for this episode of Beyond Charminar. So today actually I have two guests with me. Uh, in fact, one of them is Rakesh, Rakesh Kamal, who actually is the co-founder of Suno India. Uh, hi Rakesh. Hey. Finally, glad to have you on my show actually. <laughs> actually, this is the first time I'm coming on Beyond Charminar. Yeah. So this time we actually have Rakesh and also we have another guest. Another guest is uh, Reverend K.S. Herald Christian who actually runs one of the city's oldest churches. So this this episode will is basically in tune with the season which is just Christmas. So today's episode essentially is about Hyderabad's church history. Uh, so yeah, so this episode is essentially about Hyderabad's uh, church history or you know I guess that I could I would say uh, Christian heritage or even our colonial heritage is the right word I suppose but not a lot of people know that you know Hyderabad has a lot of uh, churches in fact even I was surprised some years back when I started doing my own research so tell me Rakesh what is your purpose of being on this episode I want to know about the church history uh, churches in Hyderabad I mean we keep seeing a lot of churches mainly in uh this side of the city sikindrabad where i live uh there's so many beautiful churches which we randomly bump into okay so i want to understand first what is the history behind having a lot more beautiful old churches on this side of the city and uh, which is like the oldest church here in hyderabad right so yeah so just fii everyone uh, rakesh and i both of us live in sikandarabad not actually hyderabad so there is actually a very clear cut demarcation between uh, sikandarabad and hyderabad so i'll just give the background before i begin uh, also before before i also get into this there is one episode which we earlier had done very specifically on uh, sikandarabad which for which we interviewed uh, one elderly gentleman by the name shapur turki who is a parsi gentleman who is a parsi i would also suggest that all of you uh, listen to that podcast episode as well from beyond charminar so now coming coming to this so see uh, essentially uh, see hyderabad as most of you would know by now is about 430 years old and the founders of hyderabad were qutub shahis or the golconda kings a golconda fort goes back to 500 years ago but uh, so in that particular aspect i don't think there is any christian history as i mean in the sense that we actually had a lot of portuguese traders here uh, but we don't actually have any traces of portuguese churches for that matter like for example say goa so in that sense um i would say that the uh, so the oldest church that i know of and which i believe is the oldest in the city is the saint john's church in sikandarabad on east maradpalli road that is from 1813 however someone did tell me that i mean it, it is for sure the oldest church of sikandarabad uh, whether it is the oldest church for the entire city that is hyderabad and sikandarabad i am not too sure but i believe it is however i was told that there is another church in either somewhere in kachiguda or sultan bazar which apparently was founded in 
it is possible but i am not too sure about it see what the churches in hyderabad that we have are all mostly british churches okay uh, mostly british or mostly founded by missionaries we don't actually have portuguese churches for that matter we also need to get the background in this particular case see hyderabad like i said was founded by the golconda kings and the qutub shahi or the golconda period ended in 1687 right and uh, the people or the city was essentially taken over by the moguls under aurangzeb and he had conquered most of even south india as well barring for some places here and there under the moguls what the moguls under aurangzeb did was they appointed one particular governor that was the nizam so from 1687 to 1724 the, there were different mughal governors until 1724 when the first nizam took over and his capital of the deccan was actually aurangabad and not hyderabad so hyderabad became the capital only in the 1750s uh, or 1760s and the second nizam took over in the year 1762 okay so there's a long gap in between i suppose but uh, Secunderabad was essentially created in the year 1806 as a proper British cantonment after the British were asked to move to this side of the of the city okay and because before that under the second nizam only the in in the year 1798 the british and the nizams essentially signed a treaty called the treaty of subsidiary alliance the treaty was essentially the nizams paying the british a certain amount of money every year or annually or whatever as per the agreement for the british to provide them an, uh, an army in uh, in return so that in, if there is any war the nizam can make use of that army the irony is that the nizams never fought another war after that uh, and they were actually literally just paying the british and is wasting their money that is actually what it is so they did not have any army is it they also had their own army right no nizams had their own army but it was not enough in that sense like they could not rely on that alone and they assumed that there would be a lot more wars to fight but the irony like i said was that they never fought another war after 1798 so that 1798 thing was like a major landmark here because it cemented the british position here and so before the before secunderabad came in fact the older british cantonment areas are the malakpet chadargat areas so that is why you have like lot of you have some cemeteries there you have that is why the british can, the, the, the koti women's college the which is which is which was the british seat of power called the residency building was built in uh, koti and not in secunderabad because before secunderabad was built that was the area where the british used to actually live and stay or whatever this treaty essentially in 1798 meant that the british were here for good and uh, by secunderabad was named after the third nizam secunderja and that is why it they were essentially asked to move here and so in my research from what i understood the oldest church that i know of is the st john's church however one one of the earliest churches after st john's is uh, i believe the saint what is today known as the saint mary's basilica which was earlier the saint mary's church very close by to the saint john's church uh, in fact that was built by the irish catholic soldiers under the british so the irish the catholic and protestant soldiers and so british british protestant soldiers and irish catholic soldiers under the british army or i guess the east india company actually never got along the same issues that they had in england were also carried out in hyderabad as well so uh, this uh, this saint mary's church 
goes back to the year 1840 uh, the construction took about 10 years and yeah like like that so like like that you actually have uh, different issues i mean even within the christian community in that sense interestingly uh in abbeds we also have the saint george's church on the main road which is uh, which is just beside the saint george's grammar school it's a very famous school of hyderabad i guess uh, the saint the school i believe is actually older than the church itself the church i am not sure about the exact date i think it goes to the uh, i think it is either 1857 or 1867 around that period so it is old i guess but so as far as i know the saint john's church is the oldest church in fact the saint john's church like a lot of other british churches also had a pipe organ so for those of you who don't know what a pipe organ is is basically a 16 by 20 feet uh, musical instrument which has two keyboards and like some other liv- livers which you can which you have to operate with uh, the saint john's church pipe organ is about 10 uh, 110 years or 11 111 years old and it is still functional they use it every sunday or in all occasions even today like in a radius of 1 1/2 km in secunderabad from around clock tower you have the saint john's church you have saint mary's basilica you have the C, uh, csi wesley church yeah. then you have the uh, spg tamil church tamil church was built for example very specifically for the tamil population in secunderabad so uh, secunderabad by default has a lot of tamilians living there because these are tamilians who came along with the british when secunderabad was founded as a cantonment and they have been here ever since then one of the other churches that i recall nearby in secunderabad is also the centenary baptist church which is still functional and uh, that was i believe very built very specifically for the telugu masses yeah in fact i didn't mention the saint john's church was also built specifically for the uh, british soldiers only mm-hmm. when it came up it was not built for locals uh and like for example like i said the saint mary's basilica came up for the irish soldiers only so these were very specific for these people the other ones like centenary baptist and like uh, the, the wesley the wesley church is very specifically so the west all the churches named wesley churches are basically part of were part of this wesleyan mission i think john wesley was this missionary who went around uh, building churches and also converting people to christianity so yeah so there are wesley churches in hyderabad and also outside in south, in south india in general which you you'll find a lot of is the college yeah wesley college yes exactly yeah that's also named after him uh, they also bought that they the, like it was part of that entire missionary work to also educate people also so i believe they, they, they where the wesley girls college stands today they had purchased that land in 1880s to, to start the college itself there's a lot of good there's a lot of good christian schools and colleges in secunderabad also i mean i was really surprised when i learned this the saint mary's basilica that i was talking about so a lot of you all first need to understand that what there are different types of places of worship the smallest one would be a chapel a chapel is basically that is a, any small place with an altar it is not necessarily a big place a church is a slightly norm, it's a normal it's a, it's a large congregation a cathedral is typically a big place of worship which has a lot of uh, members and then you have something called a basilica a basilica is typically something that is designed after roman catholic architecture however in the case of the saint mary's basilica 
it has been given the status of a minor basilica because of the number of people who are its members it's a large gathering right so it has been it has been deemed a basilica and uh, the saint mary's basilica for the for example also has a cardinal who goes and votes for the pope in the vatican so yeah that yeah so in fact when i was researching about this from the information from the saint mary's basilica i was told I, they have a book which which has the entire church information very very detailed stuff and very very interesting uh, thing so what they have claimed in the book is that that there were a few churches even under the qutub shahi empire in hyderabad mm. aha uh-huh. so apparently those churches were destroyed in the last war when aurangzeb attacked hyderabad is what they have said so it is it is possible because there were some portuguese people who would have come see hyderabad under in the in the late 1500s and early 1600s and after was dealing very heavily with the portuguese especially uh, the portuguese who were coming so the, the that that trade particularly happened from the machlipatnam port but they also did come to hyderabad and uh, hmm. i'm sure if somebody had stayed back they would have definitely started one or two churches it's not a, it's not an unusual thing so yeah hmm. that is what it is and uh, i'm not so but there are no traces of churches that go back to the qutub shahi period uh, unfortunately but yeah that's what the church the saint mary's basilica the catholic church says that there was in fact one or two this one there were there were a few churches so we won't know but that's what they say so the earliest church like i said that we know of is 1813 but if there was a church back then the late 1600 then i mean that would be a great find but i don't think there is any and it's of so the area which they say uh, the church existed was near falaknuma falaknuma palace hmm. yeah okay yeah interesting yeah uh, are there any other interesting church stories that you can think of Uh, you know uh, i i would assume that the culture also would have been very different in secunderabad compared to hyderabad in fact uh, i thought all the people i've talked to in secunderabad would tell me that we had a very colonial uh, very british culture in the sense that apparently there would have weekend ballroom dancing and stuff like that here which is something that hyderabad side nawabs would not do so nawabs had their own lifestyle and stuff but here it was a very british very western Thing. even the colleges were more western like here the i mean it would be completely different in that sense for example uh, so i guess the british would name everything wherever they would live i mean the british in general would name more or less things based on their own home country right uh, for example the saint mary's basilica also was actually designed after the the priest who built it was a man named father daniel murphy he apparently built the saint mary's basilica on the same design as his hometown's church in ireland in in the in cork apparently so i'm not i don't know how that looks but the code their book says this what we know as sd road sarojini devi road today was it's what it apparently under the british time known as oxford street named after oxford in in the uk and apparently what is now known as sardar patel road was known as alexandra road as far as stories are concerned there are actually quite a few stories for example in in, in fact in this saint john's church only during the war of independence it seems that the uh, guns of soldiers which were kept outside were all stolen during the war by by locals so which is why after that they changed the law and let people uh, uh, or let the british soldiers get their guns inside now coming to the 
so the uh, the actual the most interesting story i've i've heard so far is of this church called wesley garrison church this is at uh, lal bazar near bolaram so apparently in this wesley garrison church uh, in in the year 1892 the wife of reverend william burgess along with her son and a missionary had set sail from london to reach india i mean of course at that point of time we could only uh, go around in in ships right especially to, to such far off places so it seems that the wife of this reverend william burgess she had uh, a, a a bell which was to be fitted inside the wesley garrison church at this lal bazar so unfortunately for them what happened is that uh, the ship sank and that reverend burgess's wife and uh, son died so which is why in their mem- ah, it's it apparently sank off somewhere around the coast of portugal so because of that in 1892 since then uh, the church's belfry has remained without a bell uh, in memory of the lives of this uh, reverend so this structure this is the interesting story about this place uh, the other thing is that this in fact a lot of people don't know that this church is also situated close to one more church called the holy trinity church uh the holy trinity church in fact i believe who i think it is queen elizabeth who donated some money to this holy trinity church and i it, it is said that queen victoria also had visited this place when she came what i know for sure is that it was built with some money given by the privy purse from the if i'm england's ruler i think it was queen victoria or else i'm not sure but kuch to hai then this is there one of the most interesting stories of these uh, from the from these churches is from this st george's church in abbots i we have done an entire detailed uh, episode about this uh, basically there is a very interesting character buried inside the cemetery of st george's church that would be this man named uh, william palmer who ran a bank called palmer and co along with uh, one either one gujarati banker i believe they both started and ran this bank so if you if you go back to what i was saying and remember i had told you that the treaty of subsidiary alliance basically was the nizam essentially giving the british money for the british to have an uh, have its army in hyderabad so the interesting part and the unfortunate part is that the nizams actually were not rich they did not actually have money to pay to the british so they were borrowing it and one of the places they were borrowing money was from this bank called palmer and co which was run by william palmer so this william palmer was actually loaning the british sorry loaning the nizams about 2 and 1/2 lakhs at some 25 18 or 25% interest so huge amount and this went on for many years uh, and he uh, apparently the nizam this is under a third nizam i believe and uh, he also ended up borrowing another additional uh, 60 lakhs for the same reason to pay off the troops and to the british basically it was a, basically a very bad situation under which the nizams went into debt uh, the I, and i believe the prime ministership that was that time was held by this man named maharaja chandulal so it seems that he was the one who had facilitated the entire borrowing and after that the situation got so bad the british had to intervene and finally pay off the bank and, which essentially put the nizam under their control for good uh so that is and this man william palmer apparently got like a very handsome stripe and even after his bank was shut down uh he is buried in st george's church so yeah that is the uh, interesting story about this place 
he had a Muslim wife also who is buried somewhere in Troop Bazaar. There are actually more, many more stories like this. Yeah, so I there's one more church behind this Saint George's Church called Saint Joseph's Cathedral. Saint Joseph's Cathedral also it was built around the same period. That church, I remember reading about it somewhere in one of the brochures that it actually it actually has a so if you go to like in general in Catholic churches the churches are you know named after any of the patron saints or anything like that. Uh, like you have Don Bosco, you have Mother Mary. They have a lot of these uh, personalities from Christianity who they also consecrate. So apparently that church has been it was been consecrated in the name of Our Lady of Fatima. I was very surprised to read that. So it 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 actually has a story uh, going back to the Spanish Inquisition where a Spanish uh, general apparently married a local Muslim woman. So some story from there has been carried and brought to the St. Joseph Cathedral. But the final and the most interesting place in the entire city, in Abbots in fact, which is also one of my most favorite places, is this small tiny church called the St. Luke's Hindustani Church, which is the only church in South India that actually has its service. So Protestant Christians have services and Catholic churches have mass. Okay, just FYI for anybody, for everybody else also. So the service of St. Luke's Hindustani Church is the only one that is done in uh, Urdu in, in South India. Also, our special guest for this episode, apart from Rakesh, uh, is uh, Reverend K.S. Herald Christian, who essentially runs the St. Luke's Hindustani Church. We'll, we'll also be uh, talking to him in some time. So yeah, so this Saint Luke's Hindustani Church apparently was started by the. It, it, was a, it was a very small chapel initially. Yeah, the foundation of the church was laid in the year 1906, so it's not very very old, but about like a what 114 years old. It's also part of the Church of South India (CSI) and the Saint Luke's Hindustani Church was started very specifically by local missionaries, especially for the local Muslims who converted to Christianity. And at that point of time, so in 1906. The person ruling over Hyderabad was uh, the sixth Nizam Mehboob Ali Pasha. 1911 is when the last Nizam Musman Ali Khan took over after Mehboob Ali Pasha died. So this church essentially, I'm not sure how it functioned and you know how it would have been, but it seems interesting, like you know where they would have a lot of Muslims converting, and for the Muslims who were more comfortable in Urdu, they actually the missionaries apparently also learned Urdu. So that the Muslims would be more comfortable in having, or sorry, Muslim converted Christians would have would be more comfortable uh, with in the local language. Because generally, for example, if you like one of the one of the other old churches in Hyderabad is called the Centenary uh, uh, Baptist Church, which is ba- Baptists are, have their own sect in, in general. It's different. Centenary ba- Baptist Church was started in 1875 by a Reverend. Who came from Andhra Pradesh, British by a Britisher who came from Andhra Pradesh, who came on a bullock cart from Ongol for this particular purpose. Uh, <laughs> ah, he came in a he came in a bullock cart. I, I, it took him weeks, and uh, it seems he started this Centenary Baptist Church, and that was one of the first places where they actually had a local Telugu priest. So Baptist Church was started very specifically to. Uh, for the local Telugu population. Like for example, the SPG Tamil. So there's one more church in Ramkot called uh, Christ Church. 
Christ Church was also built somewhere in the 1840s that was built for Tamil population. Like how you have the SPG Tamil Church, both these churches are churches that were built for Tamilians. So there was basically a church also based on language denomination also. Hmm. So like that, Hindustani church was built very specifically for Muslims who converted to Islam. Sorry, Muslims who converted, sorry, Muslims who converted to Christianity. And that is what, so the service even today happens in Urdu. So, Reverend Christian has a service in Urdu even today. How big is the church? It's actually quite small. Like, I wouldn't say it's a huge place. Maybe it can accommodate up to maybe 70, 80 people. Not more than that. It's a small place. Yeah, so that is how it is. And it's a nice place. I think it's definitely uh, worth visiting. I mean, in fact, all the churches are worth visiting. And I'm pretty sure people who are listening to this would have also probably thought, why is Eunice not talking about the All Saints Church? But All Saints Church, I have been to, but I have not really dug out the history. Someday I shall fully do that. Yeah, I mean, there are many, many churches. I think I've listed, listed, I think I have listed about eight, eight something or around eight churches. Like, let me just recap, maybe. Uh, St. John's Church, St. Mary's Basilica, SPG Tamil Church, uh, Wesley Church, Wesley Garrison Church, All Saints Church. Christ at Ramcourt. So there's one more Wesley church at uh, Ramcourt also. In fact, which has architecture that resembles the mosque and uh, temple from inside. It was built for locals so that they would be familiar with the uh, with the design. So yeah, and so like that, you have ten. You have at least I think there are about at least fifteen major old churches in the entire city. So yeah, I mean Saint George's Church, Saint Joseph's Cathedral. Uh, so yeah. So that's about, so that's it. So the guest for today, essentially, we have is Reverend K.S. Harold Christian, who is the, who runs the St. Luke's Hindustani Church. I've known the Reverend for quite some time now and he's been super helpful, especially uh, whenever I conduct heritage walks, although he's always welcomed us. I, I would also suggest that if anybody is interested in seeing this place, you can also come on Sunday, see, you can even talk to him also. Yeah, so this church is actually, for those of you who are not aware, is situated bang on the road on the it's it's, it's situated now exactly in the beginning of uh, Chiragali Lane at Abbots. It's very easily available on Google Maps also, so and it's pretty accurate. Chiragali Lane, FYI, is named was named after a man in honor of the man who used to go or whose official job was to go around lighting lamps in the evening in Hyderabad. So Chirag Chirag Jake roads pe. So, I'm not joking, I'm serious, I didn't know this for a long time. So, yeah. so, the moment you enter Chiragali Lane, on the right side, the second building, or the right, the, there's a huge building on the right side first, I think where there is an Oriental Bank of Commerce, the next immediate building is the church. You will most likely miss it, because there's a garden and gate in the front, but it's a very, it's a very tiny church and you will find a board St. Luke's Hindustani Church in blue so that is how you can identify the place so yeah we'll now talk to uh, Reverend Harold Christian who will essentially give us a brief introduction of of his church and you know more about uh, more about himself as well for this month also, given that it is uh, Christmas, we have a very special guest with us, and that is uh, Reverend K.S. Harold Christian, who essentially is the priest 
and who takes care of the St. Luke's Hindustani Church. This is a very special church because this is the only place in the entire, I think in South India that has its service in Urdu. Of course, there is a reason for that. This church was built in 1906. So yeah, it is not the oldest church, but it, it is old. And I leave the, the rest of the history part to uh, Reverend Christian, who is going to explain more or less the entire church history. So thank you, sir, for joining us today. And also thank you for agreeing for this interview. So the basically the church history, if we go over, it is nearly about more than 100 years ago. So the, this church was built by Christian Missionary Society of London. So those people, they came over here as the British was ruling and Nizam, Usman Ali Khan, was very close to these Britishers. So it happened that uh, these uh, Britishers asked them for a land to provide so that they could do the Christian ministry and Christian worship over here. As you know that in the Nizam era, the Urdu was the first language. So all the students who were used to go to schools and colleges and everything, the first language was Urdu. So the Britishers, they came over here and they started learning Urdu for two years. So when they learned perfectly well, then they had a Urdu Bible. And the Urdu Bible, they with that Bible, they started constructing this church. And from that, we in this church, we had a library, we had a tennis court and all those things we had. And there was a very great ministry. Many people like Muslims and Hindus, they all started coming to the church and they used to listen the word of God through Bible. And the missionaries used to preach it. And at the time of doing that, many decades, I mean like three, four decades they did it. Then they had to leave because uh, in 1947 they had to go back to London. So they, what they did is all this property and this church, they gave to... Uh, CSITA, that is Church of South India Trust Association. They gave this thing for their maintenance and the worship and everything that they had to do that. So from that time, from 1947, many preachers were there. From Especially they came from Pakistan, from Bangladesh and from... Even Pakistan also. Yes, Pakistan also, like Dhanraj Singh and all those people. They came Lahore and Punjab and everything. They shifted over here after the partition of uh, Pakistan. So they came and they did their ministry and they did over here because many people, they came belonging to Urdu, I mean like Muslims and they know Urdu very well. And moreover, that Pakistani Urdu also, they used to do that. And so that uh, this Christian missionary, Christian society, that they developed it very much. And so on, from 1947 till now, many of the Indian pastors, they were trained theologically and they came over here and they used to do the ministry in St. Luke's Hindustani Church. But nowadays, what happened as many Muslims, they the old members of this church, they died and some went to Pakistan, they went to Europe and they went to migrated. 
yeah the indian christians over over here they after the nizam rule has gone off so they went off to their own countries like uh, pakistan bangla migrated over to australia european countries and american countries there they went and settled down and most of the people they died also because many of the people are not alive over here so what happened is lot of people from north india were transferred from uh, north india to south india on government jobs or private jobs or whatever it is they wanted to have an hindi church or urdu church whatever it is feasible to them to understand the gospel so those people they come over here and they become the member and we are starting uh, urdu and uh, hindi both mixed and we are uh, giving them the ministry of gospel uh, so basically the initial uh, the any the initial missionary workers who were in 1906 1907 who started this cha- this was a chapel originally right so this was the was this church was built for the locals who had converted and because they could not uh, otherwise know because they didn't know english it was urdu was specifically for them right that's about uh, and is there any link to this henry martin institute beside here so the basic thing is that the pre missionary who came over here they started preaching the word of god the gospel as per the bible so many of the muslims and uh, other hindus and all those people they who they know urdu very well they used to come and understand the word of god in their own language because english was a totally a different language and a foreign language to understand in english it was a bit difficult for them so that is the reason why they used to come over here and they st- they used to attend this church second coming to the second point the henry martin institute of islamic studies or now it has been called as henry martin institute now they used to be our tenants in in the front building so they used to be there because henry martin was a person who converted most of the muslims in in arabic world and all those things and they in his name that society has been formed Uh, into Christianity, Muslims into Christianity. So he was a very great f- uh, figure over those days. In that, in his name, that society has been formed. So Henry Martin Institute and uh, Church of South India doesn't have any link, but they have. Uh, they are uh, because we do. in urdu so they have a connection with us just because of that language and nothing else so those henry martin institute of islamic studies they teach uh, in uh, urdu very well to the christian missionaries and also in arabic they uh, teach uh, the now at present it is not it is in shivrampalli near beside the police academy and dr reverend uh, Reverend Dr uh, Samuel Pakyam is a director of that so also can you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself also and how you know you became the presbyter here and also if you know anything else about the people before you about how they learned urdu and things like that i am a resident of this chiragali lane so most of the people my friends and my colleague my classmates and everything i studied in st george's grammar school so most of the people were muslims so the language was not a barrier for me because they used to speak pure urdu and all those things so i picked it up 
that language. And that's why after I became a priest, so our Bishop Tandrigaru, Right Reverend Dr. A.C. Solomon Raj, he posted me over this church to take care of it and to develop this church. So, uh, so the people before you, would they, would they get trained in Urdu specifically to come, to come and, uh, uh, you know, take over here eventually or? See, as I told you before that uh, most of the people at present are Urdu and uh, Hindi speaking people. Urdu is uh, such a language that uh, you need to have that because nowadays Urdu is most of the area, even Urdu is fading away. But still, we are trying to keep that uh, Urdu language, that uh, ethnicity of that Urdu language and that thing to preserve it so that we could uh, preach it uh, the gospel to the people, not specifically for the Muslims, but also for the general public at large. Second thing is that Urdu and Hindi, both as we now at present, we are having Hindi Bible and Hindi Bible, we are also preaching from that uh, language because most of the things, uh, similarities are there between Urdu and Hindi. So in that way, we are trying to pull up this uh, congregation. And most of the congregation, as I said before, many of them are coming from North India, especially from Nepal, from Darjeeling and from Arunachal Pradesh and all those people, they are coming over here as members and they come and they sit and they worship God according to our means. I mean, like uh, they accepted Jesus Christ as their personal savior and they are uh, worshipping them and they are very regular members of our church. At present, we have got uh, nearly 35 to 40 people who are coming over here. It is, it is a small chapel it is, and the chapel is a small church which uh, many people come over here because of this language we are having. And moreover, there are uh, in Bangalore there is one church, it is a Hindi church, it is not an Urdu church. But uh, Hyderabad is uh, our St. Luke's Hindustani church is an Urdu church and our liturgy of worshipping is also based upon Urdu. We don't uh, use Hindi liturgy. Based upon the Urdu liturgy only, we uh, do that. And reading and preaching and everything, that part is in Hindi and Urdu mixed. The Every Sunday we have only one service that is at 10.30 a.m. Sharp, it is uh, the worship starts. Many people can join in the New Year, in the Christmas celebrations in this church and they can come, they are most invited. And I welcome all the people who are interested to see and uh, worship in our church. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond Sagna. You can find more episodes on our website, soloindia.in or on any other podcasting app of your choice.